Hey guys, welcome to Nerd News Now, February 10th, 2019. Uh, Miss Jen, it's just me and you, so I'm assuming Chaz and Jarek have Oscar hangovers. How about you? <laughs> I had so much fun this weekend trying to cram everything in that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, there's just so much going on. We got uh, the Oscars, uh, yep. that that's finally over. Um, then we have Birds of Prey yep. that came out, and we have Lock and Key. So Check. it it is a great time to be a nerd. I will talk about all that and more on Nerd News Now. All right, Nerd News Now, February tenth, twenty twenty. Uh, both of us can talk pretty well, but it's only two of us trying to go uh, an hour. Day. We so, can do it. We can believe do it. in us. There, there was so much stuff that's going on, and everything is so polarizing, and social media is awful, and journalism <laughs> journalism is awful. Um, but I would say for us, um, probably the main or front-running thing that happened was the release of Birds of Prey. Yes. Uh, and I guess... By having said that, I just dated myself because so we're recording this on you know Monday, February tenth. Uh, did you see the news from ninety minutes ago? It was a ninety minutes ago thing I missed. Yeah, Dang, un- 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 unprecedented. Maybe maybe you can help me figure this out. Or All right, what's the thing? They have changed the name. Like Warner is it, Brothers. Is it just cha- now? No, <laughs> it is Bop. Harley Quinn: colon, Birds of Prey. Well, that they should have led with that. They should have led with that. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll get into the discussion about that movie in a second. But as far as like the overall uh, where it stood in Hollywood this weekend, because uh, you had the Oscars, but that's not going to prevent anyone from going to the movie. Gee. Now, the one thing that might is just the fact that it's, you know, we're still getting out of January. January felt very sluggish to a lot of people. People are starting to get their tax forms in and work on their taxes. Maybe they're doing that this weekend. But uh, February, historically, has been a month to dump films, right? Like, I mean, it's just that... Now, I think Deadpool, when it came out on Valentine's Day weekend, (laughs) uh, a few years back now, Deadpool 1, uh, that changed (laughs) things because it made a ton of money. It got people out. A lot of couples went to see it, a lot, you know, whoever... Uh, Deadpool fans, um, and so that happened. That came out, and it made a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess Hollywood, as you know, gets into this group where they're like, "Oh, if we did that, we can just do this again." They they repeat themselves. They do remakes. They do sequels. You know, um, and they also watch when the box office is a hit for them. And we got into this groove lately where it's basically like anything could come out and you might have to make a ton of money because of, uh, especially with all the comic movies making so That's much true. money, uh, having the highest percentage by genre of the box office for probably like the last eight years at least. Um, Deadpool kind of changed February uh, the same way that Venom and then Joker changed October. Because mm-hmm. traditionally those are sort of like in between months. Um, Still hasn't been a whole lot of stuff coming out in, like, September that's changed that, but I'm sure as soon as... I, I think it doesn't matter when you release a movie now if it was marketed well exactly. and people saw it. 
Uh, so I guess the movie that led the box office kind of no longer exists, at least not under this name. But uh, Birds of Prey and the Emancipation, Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn made um, $33 million. So of course it was a complete box office failure, waste of everyone's time, right? Because no, but. <laughs> no, but it, except that it wasn't. Of course, I'm being facetious. It's, but you had so many people so quick to point out that this is the lowest grossing DC Comics film ever. I mean, they were even comparing it to something that doesn't fit any kind of canon that you may not even remember came out, starring Thanos, uh, Josh Brolin, Jonah Hex. That, um, they were comparing it to that, but here's the thing. I saw a lot of Green Lantern comparisons. You did? Yes. See, Green Lantern must have made money, or either that, or maybe like Deadpool actually retconned Green Lantern out of people's current psyche. Maybe. Um, but Jonah Hex made $5 million, okay? Birds of Prey makes $33 million, triples up the competition mm-hmm. in the box office. Uh, just to round this out, Bad Boys finally... Uh, moved from the top spot. It was second with twelve million. Nineteen seventeen, third again. Added another nine million. Excellent. Um, but so so Birds of Prey makes thirty three. Uh, the budget was like an estimated eighty three. You know how that goes, though. You don't know about the the international spending and the full price of marketing. Um, now something I've seen in retrospect that we never really talked about leading up. Because uh, you're not a huge trailer person, you'll watch them, you know, for the show if we need to talk about it or something. But do you think, in retrospect, and again, we haven't even gotten to the bulk of how we're going to talk about the movie, but um, do you think this was marketed well, just from a trailer perspective? Um, I don't know that it did. I mean, I, I think the thing that I took from it is that, even from the trailers, it was clear that it was a Harley Quinn movie. And I don't know why they couldn't just say, you know what? Why are we not marketing it at our most bankable character? <laughs> I, I guess there was maybe not even the, the backlash, but maybe they just figured it out too late. Maybe they they expected it to get about 55. Mm-hmm. So, of course, um, you know, there was all these, like, play on words of all the clickbait journalism, like, Birds of Prey fails to fly and, you know, all it has its wings clipped, all this stuff. It still won the box office. It won it by a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's getting really good reviews at one point. I think it's down, like, it's finally kind of averaged out about 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, do, you, do you follow Gail Simone? Yes, I do. And, man, she, like, she has been very vocal about being supportive of this film, and she is madder than a bunch of hornets. That you know what? I, she keeps on getting misquoted by every single news agency saying that she doesn't like it. Yes. Um, Simone, S-I-M-O-N-E. Yeah, uh, so Ashford and I have uh, met her a few times. Well, we've mm-hmm. interviewed her before for the uh, Feathers and Foes, the Birds of Prey podcast. And, of course, she's very uh, instrumental. Um, she saved that book back in mm-hmm. the early 2000s after yep. Dixon handed it off. They basically well, gave it to so her. Pretty. They gave it to her as her first you know, big DC gig. And now, of course, she's like a prolific writer. She's had a lot of stuff for Image, like Clean Room, um, and you know she's she's done a lot of good work with characters like big characters like Wonder Woman, but also mm-hmm. secondary or maybe even tertiary characters like Plastic Man. Absolutely. And 
Um, yeah, so I think she has the right because there's a lot of clickbait articles that are saying, like, you know, uh, e even, like, just completely misquoting, saying, like, creator of Birds of Prey, stuff like, you know, yeah. just stuff like, basically just like... Like, did you guys Look, do any yeah, kind of right. research? Yeah, right. Well, they did research, but they they themselves were probably reading yeah. clickbait and stuff. So, I think she, you know, she's been very vocal, and they should have let her promote the movie, honestly, because for yeah. the months leading up, for the months leading up, she already told us as fans, hey, you're going to love, uh, you know, Journey Smalley Bell as, mm -hmm. as Black Canary. I did. I will talk about that in a minute. Um, and she says, hey... You know, this is not going to be like the birds I wrote. There's obviously no Barbara Gordon. There's no Oracle. But just go in and have fun. People didn't really do that. And then it became this divisive thing because it's a Harley Quinn movie. And because it's got, like, all, you know, female leads. Um, not one not one good guy in the whole thing. Uh, which I really don't have a problem with. Uh, the two villains were guys. But... But even if you look at it on that base level, I guess it would be easy for someone who is of a trolling nature to go, oh, this is a men versus woman thing, and that's why it failed. The, it, it came out, it's pretty even, actually. 53% mm -hmm. of the audience was men. So there's a lot of people out there supporting it, um, you know, regardless of gender. But I think what it came down to, I really think what it came down to is one... Suicide Squad was not a beloved movie. And a lot of people just sort of saw it as an extension of that. And it did continue kind of right off from that. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, they called it Birds of Prey. I'm a huge Birds of Prey fan. I have a podcast. So it doesn't, you know, I'm taking myself yeah. out of this equation. But the average comic book fan does not know what that is. No. No. And, the, and they're not familiar with, at least, you know, outside of comics on the big screen because DC has not done this the Marvel way, building up teams and then and then having the exposition from uh, of all these individual great characters they have. They don't know who Black Canary is. They don't know who Hunters is. They definitely don't know who Renee Montoya is unless they've seen Batman the Anime Series, where she came from, or Cassandra Cain, although if even if you did, this is a complete, <laughs> completely different like Cassandra Kane. Um, but the one thing they have to hope for is the good word of mouth. Um, sure. Now, as you know from doing this with me every week, usually if you leave the box office, you have like a 50% drop, which means it would drop to like 17 or 18 million. I'm hoping this is one of those rare movies like once every two years that's able to get like 80 to 100%. I told you last week what I yeah. thought would happen, that it would open low, and then uh -huh. if it was a good movie, that word of mouth would get it, would pop it I, up for the next week. I hope there's nothing big competing with it, which is just Sonic, right? Yeah, I, I hope it does, because this is definitely one of those things where within the industry, we're like tearing each other down. Like, as, as fans of geekdom, nerddom, comic books, comic book characters, it's just, you have all these people that were just waiting for it to kind of... Uh, not meet those box office projections that didn't and then now you have a lot of people that are like feeling they got to see it three four or five times or spend this whole week begging people to go see it i think that warner brothers obviously has not given up on it i mean it's only been out for four days for crying yeah. out loud but that's just the nature of the beast as far as like how people perceive it based on the box office numbers um but now you have this name change. Do you ever remember a movie 
Like being out for three days and then having the name changed? No, the only movie I can think of that was like that was when they had um, the one that became Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah. Now that was, was that, that way after the fact? Yeah, that wasn't it, while it was, it was it out, It only right? became Live, Die, Repeat in uh, DVD. Okay. Because um, no one can remember the real name of the movie, and I can't either. Because that was <laughs> because that was just the tagline yes. of the of a Tom Cruise movie. Correct. And now I cannot remember the name of the movie either. Because now it's called Live I Repeat. Yeah. So if I stop I get, thinking about it it'll come up. Yeah, that, that would that would be a good trivia question, right? Because it's like it's just one of those things where you spent all this money marketing you Edge had months and months and months. Edge of tomorrow. Um you had all this time to market this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I I went to New York Comic Con. They were there. They had a big presence there. They did not. They skipped San Diego as far oh. as Birds of Prey. Uh, they did not have a big panel there. So they had a lot of time to be building this up. Mm-hmm. They didn't. It's easy to point to that. It could be a number of things. It could be that, um, you know, people were confused by the title, which happens. could be... It was rated R, you know. Yeah. I mean that that could be a, because originally this was supposed to be like a girl empowerment, you know, mm-hmm. movie, and you took out a lot of the audience that probably would love to see Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. which is a lot of you know a lot of women uh, and men and boys and girls under the age of eighteen. So you might might it be that? Um, but I think with the word of mouth, it's gonna be okay now. Here, here's the question, and then we'll get into what we sure. actually thought about the movie. Do you think that more, because the trolls will say yes, but do you think Sonic the Hedgehog is going to have more of a following than Harley Quinn, or that people will be excited to go see Sonic the Hedgehog? It's obviously going to be way more family-friendly. I feel um, like it's a different audience. Because that's all that's coming out. So do you think, do you think Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey can bounce back when it's only competition this week is going to be Sonic. I think it's entirely possible that we see see matching numbers. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get increasing numbers, but at least matching numbers. I was, like, befuddled. I went to the 830 on Friday, and I went to the big theater with the XD mm-hmm. stuff. There were, like, ten of us in that big theater. It was like, yeah, it must so have been long can... enough to get bad word out. <laughs> yeah. Like, Where is everybody? Yeah. Um... Well, I don't think that Warner Brothers really knows either. I just know in retrospect, a lot of people, and they're not, of course, they weren't saying this before, but they're like, well, the trailer was awful. So I don't remember it being awful. I, don't, I just don't remember there being a lot of story there because maybe they didn't want to give anything away. I, I do think that they really should have pushed uh, out character spots yeah. for everybody else because they really did. It seemed like they just wanted to be a Harley Quinn movie and that they were trying to like put it, you know, Birds of Prey in there for a backdoor pilot. But by advertising the name Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. that's not going to do you any favors when the audience doesn't know what that is. You can't have the whole movie being narrated by Harley mm-hmm. and have it not be a Harley movie. Yeah, no. And uh, so now it's just weird to me that three days later they're like, ah, change the name. It's starting to pop up on different apps. I did check, like, Fandango. It's still called, at the time, it was still called, um, you know, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. But I did have, like, a friend text me, like, an hour ago at the local theater, and it pops up now. Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn. 
calling Birds of Prey. So we'll see. Um, so that that's the box office. Uh, I guess we're going to be forced to talk about this Sonic movie next week, depending on what it does. Sure. Um, and it is interesting. Uh, what is the the best and worst, or best or worst, video game films? Like, what is your relationship to video game films? There's a lot of really good ones out there, but um, probably my favorite is still going to be the Lara Croft stuff. Tomb Raider with yeah. Angelina Jolie, or, or the new one? Or uh, all? Actually, I like the Alicia Vilkhammer too. But um, yeah, I think my the original is probably my um, favorite. Well, some of the worst, uh, Double Dragon, pretty bad. Uh, mm-hmm. The Super Mario Brothers movie, <laughs> rest in peace, Dennis Hopper. But that movie <laughs> also. Um, now one that was fun because it has uh, Raul Julia in it was Street Fighter. But I don't know about how I feel about John Claude Van Damme as Guile. But this, mm-hmm. but but story wise. You can take... There's a lot of great video game stories. Like Resident Evil was one. I just think Resident Evil played itself out too much on screen. Yeah, like it, it just got it got to be too much. Now there's a Netflix series in the wor- in the works. Uh, Castlevania, I'm surprised they never tried like to adapt that for the big screen. Well, it's doing really there's well. There's another series? There is, right? and it's done for... by Warren Ellis. Yeah. Um, so you know the dialogue's good. The but figures it, just came out. They look really boss. Which one? Castlevania figures. Oh, for mm-hmm. for the series, Diamond yeah. Select, big ones. So, so there's obviously a market within the culture of movies for to for video games to be adapted. It's just uh, going back and pulling Sonic now. I don't mm-hmm. know, but they obviously didn't have this technology because you saw there was such a backlash six months ago when the CG looked pretty weird with his eyes, and especially like that came out before Cats, and then Cats never really fixed itself, mm-hmm. but Sonic did for some right. reason. Even though there was probably just a big budget behind cats, but so we'll see what that does. All right, so numbers are out of the way. We've already talked about you know some comments where it's like, yeah, who cares? So we're just going to talk about. Do we, we like the movie? We're going to talk about Birds of Prey. So it made me um, hungry for egg sandwiches. Yeah, right. And I read <laughs> something, and this was I think this was from Miguel Simone thread, because uh, you know she had visited the set. Did you know that those the eggs were duck eggs? No. Because apparently Margot Robbie has a, an allergic reaction to chicken eggs, like the egg whites from chicken eggs. Oh, poor girl, no. But that's the best looking... Uh, she only gets one, one be- bite. That's one of the best looking uh, sandwiches I've ever seen. Apparently that's duck eggs. I loved her, this coat that she's wearing uh-huh. uh, when she gets, gets, finally gets her egg sandwich is just to die for. Yeah, there. I mean, it's... Look, this is a Harley Quinn movie. Mm-hmm. And she has a lot it. of outfit changes. Clearly with my hair. And they're all good. Now they did they did do a nod to like the old Harlequin outfit, mm-hmm. but they put it on Rosie Perez. Spoiler, but yeah. um, so the the, the and, and you know she pulled out the uh, daddy's little girl shirt from you know Suicide Squad and all that. Um, I think the the costumes were a complete upgrade. Oh, you yeah. know because. It looked like they were practical, tactical, comfortable. Um, I mean, it just fits the character, too. I mean, loud, bright colors. And uh, a lot of this was probably pulled from the Amanda Connor run. Because you obviously had, like, the roller derby. Roller derby at the beginning. A lot of people were complaining about, you know, the source material. And how, oh, if you would have been more 
accurate to the source material, um, then I would have gone to see a movie. But that mm-hmm. maybe not the source material you read, but at this point, Harley Quinn's been around for so long. There's a lot of source material. Maybe there's more than people are aware of, even. But I mean, she had the new 52 uh, rebirth uh, and everything in between. So there's a lot of source material. And, I, and I've seen personally from going to Comic Cons that people really gravitate toward the Amanda Connor, Jim Palmiotti, Scott Harden stuff. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Or Chad Harden, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I think that the source material was plenty represented. Um, so, overall thoughts uh, about the movie. You already mentioned the fact that Harley Quinn's narrating a lot. What did you think of that choice? I thought that was great. Like I said, if they had come out with this movie titled Harley Quinn, I think it would have opened twice as big. And it would have been more clear as a brand message for what the story was about, because it really is kind of about her journey post-Joker. And then very just kind of like fringely about the Birds of Prey, getting those guys together. I mean, they... Like afterthought to me. Yeah, that that was really a thing where you could have had them come in in the third act. Absolutely. And, like help, and help her... With Black Mask, but the way they the way they tried to kind of cram them in there, um, I do think. Look, if if you set the writer down and said you have to have this team in here, mm-hmm. here's the Huntress background information. Here's Black Canary. Mm-hmm. Story wise, I really do think the screenwriter made it work because you have you tied it all together. You have. Rosie Perez, who is a cop, who has been, you know, basically had the rug pulled out from under her by her partner um, the whole time. And they kind of like, I don't remember if they, I don't remember if there was any other women in the police office with her. Uh, But they they did go out of their way to kind of basically, you know, how her partner kind of takes the credit for stuff. Mm -hmm. Captain takes the credit for stuff. So you had her, you know, chasing a big case, right? And then you had Huntress, who, as we know, uh, the Helena Bertinelli version is completely 100% tied to the mafia, right? right. Uh, you, so you had her exacting revenge, and she gets kind of tangled up in that. Of course, Harley Quinn is getting entangled in all the kind of villain underground within Gotham, um, thanks mostly to a run-in with Black Mask, in which she probably lets us slip that her and Joker are done, so that kind of puts a bounty on her head. Yeah, or that kind was of, a unique kind of takes situation I hadn't thought of yeah. before, that she was under a lot of protection because of her relationship with him. I always thought people gave her a wide berth because she is fat, poo crazy, and then yeah. she will, she's just as dangerous, but it kind of, this movie, that that's the one disappointment I had, was that they didn't give her due respect for being also very figured, don't mess with that crazy chick. <laughs> Um, I think they, they, they kind of touched on that in a couple of the flashbacks or as to why people were after her, Mm -hmm. but I guess the, the shortcoming of that is, and and I don't necessarily think you needed, I I understand why they did not want to put Joker in the movie, right? Right. Because you want it to be her own thing, but maybe if we would have had a better exposition of that story, either in Suicide Squad or you just decide to put him in this movie just to establish the fact of the protection. But you're right as far as in, it does make it seem like, you know, because the man is out of the picture, then now she's in trouble. 
and that's yeah. not really the case now. You could also make the argument that, well, they brought everything they had at her, and she survived, so clearly yeah, yeah. she didn't stand on her own. Um, she has some great fight scenes. There, there's a lot of good fight scenes. We had already talked about, like, the guy from John Wick coming in. Yeah. And, and you know, really polishing up uh, the fight scenes. We saw that. This was a street-level movie. That's what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. You didn't yep. have anyone flying around. Nope. You didn't have anyone with a bajillions of dollars making up, you know, uh, all these different gadgets. You didn't have a Batmobile. It was also it, very, did you feel the same way I did? It was, like, very gritty-dirty? Yes. Like, it was different. Like, she wasn't, like, pretty all the time. She had, like, runny makeup and just, I mean, just kind of like she looked like she was on the run, which is what was going on. But And, and also just getting beat up. Yeah. Um, which, you know, can always be kind of controversial, especially when it's, you know, men um, and the way that it happened with Black Mask. But the thing about, well, we'll get into the specific characters in a second, um, but I think that they did a good job because Ewan McGregor is naturally charming. Mm-hmm. Of immediately, every time he was charming, they immediately have him just do something awful, just horrible. So you remember, oh, wait, this is not, yeah, yeah this is not a good guy. For me to root for um now so so story wise yeah so story wise harley quinn was like 80 percent of this they kind of yeah. jammed the birds and prey but if they were told to do that if warner brothers said you need to put these in there i think they did that the right way because then you have black canary being a singer at black mass club but that kind of from what we know about black canary i mean this is a a jla jsa member and yeah. they sort of just, they didn't really explain how did she get to this point. There might have been like a line or two where she says, you know, my family had forsaken me and he took me in. Mm-hmm. But that kind of, I just wish that they popped up with less explanation only for the fact that then a Birds of Prey spinoff okay, would have made a lot absolutely. more sense. Because now you kind of have them partnered up at the end. Along with Rosie Perez, which is fine, but I would like to see it go the angle of Rosie Perez becoming the question, if you're going to do that. Rather, rather than her just being like, I'm one of the birds of prey too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just sort of, uh, this, is, awesome. this is a bad uh, bird pun coming up, but pigeonholing her in the spot yep. between Huntress and Black Canary. <laughs> um, but look, so, leaving the story aside for a second, mm-hmm. the movie was gritty, uh, I think it went. Do you think it it needed the R rating? No, I think it was mostly language. I don't. I mean, I watched the whole thing. I don't remember thinking to myself, "This is a rated R film." Um. Well, there there were some faces being cut off and clung on the ground, so no. that that kind of added to it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it that that stuff that all depends on the you know the actually like the blood splatter. Could have cut away. Could have cut like, away. Assume something happened. Uh, there was uh legs breaking in multiple angles. Oh, that's right. Multiple, that mean, was so, awesome. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. But if you know anything about Black Mask from the comics, uh, there was a run. I, I can't remember. Do you remember who was it? Brewbreaker who did Catwoman, uh, where he was the main protagonist. I don't remember that. It either. might have been like early two thousands, but I mean he was doing stuff like scooping out people's eyeballs and feeding them to other oh, people and stuff. Dude. So uh, he didn't. He, he didn't give me quite that sinister of a vibe. Um, I, I believe he would have ordered something, but I don't think he would have. 
I just didn't buy it. He would do it himself. He would do it himself. Well, I I don't know if he did because he had. I think is that why they paired him up with Victor Zazas, probably. Probably. Um, but I like that character. Yeah. Uh, first appeared in Shadow of the Bat, full blown serial killer. Uh, but the actor portraying him was on Mindy Project. Really? Kind of hard. He's <laughs> he, he's a comedic actor a lot of the time, or you know, at least like the. Uh, sometimes he's like the the straight man in the in the sitcom world. So it's my first exposure to him, so I didn't I didn't okay. read any of that from his character. So maybe well, not having a having a an idea of him or seeing him in something. Well, and then with all the tattoos and the bleach blonde, mm-hmm. you know, short hair, it looks very different than he does most of the time. Uh, on screen, um, and he does he does do some some drama stuff. I'm trying to remember. Was it it was Sharp Objects on HBO? I believe okay. he's I believe he's a secondary character in that too. Um, look, the action scenes were awesome. I, I wish I wish there was some way to kind of put for them to put those online. Um, maybe one or two in full, and that might be enough to make people get out to the movie theater this weekend. Um, now, story-wise, you know, we already talked about the, the Birds of Prey was sort of tacked on. Uh, by the time they build up to this culmination and Black Mask basically has, like, every thug in the city, mm-hmm. you know, on his payroll, it's obvious that Harley Quinn would have needed someone to help her out. Um, so I think maybe that's why they did it, but... I don't know. There's there's a lot of different ways they could go. I kind of just wish that it wouldn't have been that hard just to have Black Canary re- reveal herself as being undercover. Like, hey, I'm with the Justice Society. I mean, it could have opened up a whole new door. I just don't think that the DCEU is any position to do that. It's not like Marvel. It didn't build itself up from the floor starting with, you know... They've always had Superman and Batman, but they didn't ever really branch anyone out. The Justice League movie didn't do well. Or at least it didn't have the reviews. Look, all this stuff makes money. Um, And I think people... It almost seemed like they've been promoting Wonder Woman 84 more than this. It does feel like that. And moved on in their advertising budget. (laughs) Yeah. And and it might have just been a big fail to name it Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. Um... Harley Quinn, Colin, Birds of Prey works much better than Birds of Prey, Colin, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Because of, of what that does. So, uh, that's basically the plot, though. Harley Quinn gets into trouble, mm-hmm. beats up a whole bunch of people. Now, what did you think of her, uh, Huntress, and Cassandra Cain, to a lesser extent, actually killing people? I mean... I mean, you read it all the time in the comics, but as far as, like, sure. film, no, Superman never does that except the one time. Batman never does that. Wonder Woman doesn't do that. It felt natural for her character. I mean, I've just read so much of it in the comic books that she just doesn't have that kind of filter for worrying about yeah. whether something's a moral thing or not. It's it's funny because the people kind of, uh, you know, saying, oh, I knew this would happen about the box office. In one breath, they say... Well, what do you think is going to happen when you rate it R? And then uh, immediately they say, well, Harley Quinn was way toned, too toned down for this. <laughs> so you can't really have that both ways. But it's interesting that you brought that up because she is kind of toned down a little. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. But she's being crazy in the movie. I'm going to put it this way. You're not going to see 
Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, basically any character, mm -hmm. uh, use cocaine as a power-up. Like a, yep. Almost like as a Mario-style mushroom power-up. There's one important fight scene where it's like, she's just pinned down, and it's there, so she's like, okay, I'll use it. And I was like, whoa, like, that to me probably, I mean, that probably was part of the R rating. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because I, I think if you were to take, like, a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old, like, mommy, They would have that? to understand what, the, what that was anyway. Yeah. I guess you could get away with it like that. It's just like if you watch old, um, you know, Roadrunner, Bugs Bunny stuff. There's mm -hmm. a lot of very adult stuff in those, but we didn't yes. know what we were looking at when we were kids. Right. No, yeah, I mean, that that's true, too. Um, I don't think they were ever... Uh, Snorting anything? No, they were not. But, uh, but they maybe, cross, I don't know. They cross dressed all the time. Yeah, I mean, I might be surprised what they're doing because, like you said, they're probably slipping a lot of stuff in. The the throughout the history of time, this is adults mm -hmm. writing, directing, producing this stuff. So there's going to be adult humor disguised in there. This one, there was no disguise. Yeah. I mean, it was full blown itself. Um. So let's just go through, give me some grades for these main characters. Okay. Uh, Harley Quinn, overall grade. I, I give her like a, a strong, I would give her an A, I give her a B only because uh, they made it clear that she was like much more weak than I think she really is without Joker. I think, you know what I think that that's, uh, I was talking to Ashford, our friend Ashford about this. Mm -hmm. I think what that was based on, that they once again... I understand you didn't put Joker in the movie, you didn't want it to rely on Suicide Squad, but I think that's what it was based on, is in Suicide Squad, Joker was, they went with more of the, the gangster right. uh, aspect, mm -hmm. which I believe, do you know what run of the comics that's from? Because I, that, I, I know that there's covers of that version of the Joker on comics, yeah, but I'm just not sure. But, but if you go with that aspect, like, oh, he's a mob boss? Then it may, I think it makes a lot more sense regardless of gender or her affiliation or anything like that. My brain's saying Paul Dini, but I don't know what that is from. Yeah. It just pulls I, it out. I don't know what it's for. But I think that uh, if you go from the aspect of, oh, this person was connected to the mob, they had mob protection regardless mm -hmm. of what we thought of her. Right. Now, now they have no protection and she just ticked me off. Yeah. And I think looking at it from that perspective, but I, you know, I'm reaching for straws, but I'm just thinking of stuff that they probably had in their mind that they didn't have time, budget, or a way mm -hmm. to put on screen. Now, acting. Um, yeah. She went there. Oh, yeah. I'm an A+. Plus. Yeah. She dedicated, I mean, she went straight to all the ugly scenes. She embraced all that stuff. Yeah. And she really had to have practiced all of that, the, the martial arts and all the other crazy stuff she did. They all had stunt doubles, but I couldn't tell when they used them. Uh -uh. That's the thing. It, it was it was seamless, and I know that they all worked really hard on that. Um, and just like she was fine. Yes, very. the scenes in the club where it it looked like just a bunch of like you know dazed and confused type you know party scenes, but there's some subtleties in there, like one where she grabs that lady's fancy purse and pukes in it and stuff. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> It's just, there's some really funny stuff going on. Um, she obviously carried the movie, but that's kind of her point. Just yeah. put, make it a Harley Quinn movie. All right, now supporting cast. Uh, Cassandra Kane, can you tell us a little bit about her comic character versus this character, which which does not anything like 
<laughs> I, I actually can't. I don't know anything about Cassandra Kane. I really, I did like the character in the movie very much because she seemed the most plausible real realist. Like that character could exist in a real world. Oh, sure. Very simply. Just young on her own pickpocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so Cassandra Kane was, and it's hard to, to know exactly how many Batgirls there have been because a lot of people consider Barbara Gordon to be the first, mm-hmm. but there was actually one, you know, well before like in the 40s. But, okay. but after Barbara Gordon, there was Stephanie Brown, and then there was Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane was basically like mute because she had a super abusive childhood. She was raised to be an assassin. So the, and and obviously probably about twice the age of the version that we see mm-hmm. in the movie. Um so full blown Batgirl, you're not going to get that, but it was really the perfect thing to do was to pair Harley Quinn with someone that you knew was going to look up to her as a female role model. Yep. And then also just keep her alive. Because the pickpocketing gets her into trouble, and then she gets a bounty on her head, and that's where it goes. Um, do you have any problems with uh, what we presume to be someone that was maybe 13, 14, I guess, uh, killing people in this movie? Well, she was kind of, it sounds like she was raised on the streets. I mean, yeah. she has a foster family, but they seem like they're not good people. Now, I will say, this was not, like, point-blank, you know, shooting someone with a gun or crossbow, right. like some of their characters. This was more probably comedy-based. Yes. People blowing up people, basically, mm-hmm. without going into too much detail or spoiling the ending, but um, yeah, so what What do you rank, or just give me a grade rating on her, too. So this is a great for how dangerous they are. Or? No, this is just this is just grade these characters. Cassandra Kane. I, I give her a solid eight. Okay, so B. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Black Canary. Now I loved her character design. I really wish that they'd given her more than just seeing her sing in the club. I know. And then. Her obvious power shows up. You later. know. You know what they did not explain at all. Um, because if you read DC Comics, you know she is, like, without blinking, top five martial artists in the DC universe. Oh, I, I would have never gotten that from this. Yeah, but, except for that scene, uh, outside of the van, where oh, she fact, is, like, yeah. kicking people, like, mm-hmm. so they didn't go into any of that. Nope. It would have been nice to have some sort of explanation of, like, we understand why you're in this circuit, why you're with Black Mask. Well, you just did some... Crazy martial arts moves, and there was nothing, nothing about that. Um, so great for her. Uh, I'm gonna give that a solid B plus, just for hoping that they're gonna keep her around in the universe. Oh yeah, for her, just for her, for Journey Smollett Bell's rendition of Black Canary, I would go like A plus. I think that was my favorite part of the movie. Uh, what about Huntress by Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I don't think it has. This is nothing against her acting ability or anything. I think they botched that character big time. I it, cared not one whit about her. Is it because of sort of like the, I've never known Huntress to be socially awkward? No. And, and do you think they were maybe just putting that character in there for relatability because they had other different types of, of personalities in there to balance it out? You know what I think? Was it to tie it to the mafia? idea or oh 
No, I, well, I'm just talking about her interaction with other her characters, okay. really. Like, I'm, I'm fine with her showing up and putting crossbows into people because mm-hmm. that if you read, um, if you read the earlier Huntress stuff, it was gritty, like from 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, and but to me, it's almost like they they cast Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim as Huntress, and we basically just wrote her based on that. Um, A little bit. And what about uh, Rosie Perez as R- Renee Montoya? I loved her, but I don't n- know that she added anything to the overall story. Yeah. I feel like they tri- if if they use the screen time they use to try to develop her character, they could have gotten more gotten us to like Huntress more because we would see more of her or something. It, it's almost like I mean it, I didn't sit there with a stopwatch or anything, but I'm thinking like out of the hour and fifty minutes. We're seeing the other three, the birds of prey, or the two birds of prey and Renee Montoya for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. My, you know, and, and minus the fighting, like when they're not fighting, when it's just story, well, it could have only been like seven minutes. I mean, yeah. so I, I just think that's where you kind of fall short as you spent so much time going into Harley Quinn's character, but we kind of already knew who she was. Um now, what about, uh, just rounding this out, what about the villains? And I kind of paired them up together because we really don't see Victor Zaz's, like, away from Black Mask all that much. And his infatuation for the character and his desire to, uh, I guess, make him happy or whatever is quite clear. But uh, what about Black Mask slash uh, Victor Zaz's? What do you think about them? I'd probably for, this is, this is me, this is me speaking as a Marvel girl. I really don't. I'm not scared of Black Mask. I'd kick him in the nuts if I met him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't scare me at all. Well, I guess maybe that's why he had a serial killer beside him at, at Yes. All now, time. the other guy, I would have walked him this on the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I just thought Ewan McGregor is great, but it was almost one of those things where he charms you, and then specifically that scene in the club that kind of made Black Canary go, okay, I'm yeah. done with this dude. Yeah. Uh, where he was uh, just mentally and physically abusing that couple. Um, that uh, was a constant reminder. Oh yeah, this is a super bad guy. Mm-hmm. That and not sparing someone's life because they had a snot bubble in their nose. <laughs> but like you know, but I think to be honest, I've been really tired of the DC villains. I mm-hmm. still cannot remember who Justice League fought. But it was basically like a god of war, right? Yeah, and and who did Wonder Woman fight a god of war? Steppenwolf. But that wasn't really different from Ares. No. And then <laughs> what? And then what was going on in Batman vs Superman? I don't even know. Um, it, it just seems that like they just do this big like, here's a godlike character. To so I was this was refreshing to me. Yeah. Because this was just street level thuggery going on. And uh, the ending was was satisfying. I liked it. So, where do you think uh, they go from here? Like, are you pretty much just this is in your rearview mirror, and you're looking towards Wonder Woman, or would you like to see other characters like this? And do you think they can be kind of presented? I would say I don't want to say slower pace because I I like the pace of the film, but I'm with you. I think if they would have spent five more minutes on each of the three. You know, characters, Renee Montoya, mm-hmm. Huntress, Canary, it would have been a much better film. I think so. I I really, I kind of wish that DC would just kind of like 
slow the roll in general. I don't understand why you couldn't have a Huntress movie. Why you couldn't have Black Canary movie. I mean, like, I, I understand that they want to get these teams together, but sometimes slow is better. I didn't, I mean, like, there was an awful lot of Marvel movies that came out for characters that you were just like, eh? And then after the movie, you were like, that's been my favorite character all my life! It's <laughs> just, they, they've had so much, they've had the same amount of time as Marvel to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you still, like, Shazam? No, Shazam was, was a, a, Shazam was a good, good one. Aquaman was good. Both yeah. of those surprised me. Both of those are heavily character-driven, and they're light, and they're fun. And I understand what they were trying to do, but it just felt tied to too much other stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know. I keep going back and forth, because at one point I'm like, yeah, this is a Harley Quinn movie. But then at the other point, I'm like, I, I, want, I just wanted people to know who Huntress and Black Canary were, but I don't know if they got a full representation of that. So, um, but anyway, we talked a long time about that. Yeah, we did. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to, so obviously and I you were strong, worried about an hour. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, I've got strong feelings about this because yep. I've been doing this podcast for four years. Um, I've been interacting with the fans of it. I've become a fan mm-hmm. myself. Um, and now it's just kind of a, it's a weird 180 for Sony to pull like the Monday after it comes out of like, oh. We're gonna, now we're going to take Birds of Prey and put it on the back end. Well, should have done that the whole time. I guess they just... I don't know what... I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking on that. What, the one non-misstep that they made is the the, the Doc storyline I liked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's the way it really go down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That... Yeah. It, there was a lot of comical moments. I think the fight scenes are surprising people. I don't mm-hmm. think people were... Because we haven't seen that in the DC universe. Yeah. Because you see people flying around and using just blasting each other with their eyeballs, blasting each other, like just hitting like a demigod that comes up in the last twenty minutes of the movie. So this was ref- it was refreshing mm-hmm. on that end. Uh, all right. So Oscars happened. Oscars. Uh, I did not watch the Oscars, but I watched the the sites for all the cool costumes. I mean dresses. Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, 50 variations on the plain black tux from the guys, yeah. Oh, no. Someone brought their A-game and gave oh, us, yeah. like, a uh, metallic top with, like, a giant bouffante right. skirt. Well, yeah, few, there's my guy. A few people did that, but it was most of the people were just wearing black tux. tuxes. Oh, we did have like, a purple tux. Uh, well, that was my favorite. That was mm-hmm. a tribute to Kobe Bryant from Spike Lee. That's Classy, that that, like that was a good one. They had the numbers embroidered on the back. Um, so did you at least go through the winners? Yes, because okay. I really desperately wanted to know who was going to win. I don't now, know how I missed actually watching the event itself. Now, did you fill out your bracket I gave you last week? I totally did no. not fill out I call it a bracket, but it's basically just a ballot. But I can absolutely tell you what I would have chosen. Okay, well, I thought I did pretty well. I had I, it, These things are so hard to judge, but... Uh, I got most of the main ones. I picked 1917 to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I would have too. And uh, even though I wanted Parasite, I just didn't think because a foreign language film had never won Best Picture. And now it has. So that was the biggest surprise. I mean, that was awesome. And you have not had a chance to see that yet, right? No, but now I'm definitely going to. Hopefully it'll 
pop back up in the theaters again. Oh, uh, I think it will. Well, it's already, I think you can probably like rent it on demand for like five bucks. Now. Oh, okay. Maybe um, so it is, it is up. But also, in that vein, Bong Joon Ho won Best Director. I know, super that, surprised. And, that was probably a bigger surprise than the other and, one. And Best Original Screenplay. So this mm-hmm. really cleaned up. It was nominated for six um, Academy Awards overall, and it took home four. Uh, that he won um, four, and that is the most since a guy you may have heard of, Walt Disney. Pretty big deal. That's a big deal. I hope that opens people up even more. People that go to movies, they are very open to foreign language films. But you still them. have people, sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to read. Oh, come on. Sarah. I know. Even in 2020, but you still have that. That's what's sad. Um, okay. Who did you pick for actor in a supporting role? Okay. Let me, let me, give me the list. Yeah. I can tell you it, what It I was thought. Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Brad Pitt. I, I would have picked Tom Hanks. I picked Tom Hanks. It was Brad Pitt. Okay. Yeah. Good on Brian. Uh, He did a great stuff. I I did. I was able to sneak in once upon a time in Hollywood a couple days before. Um, I think the dog was robbed. I think the dog dog was the best actor (laughs) of the whole thing. (laughs) That that was an interesting, interesting movie. Uh, The big ones that I picked right, I I did pick uh, Renee uh, Zellweger uh, for Judy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I picked Laura Dern for Marriage Story. I was hoping for Laura Dern. Yeah, it's just, she's had a good year, year mm-hmm. or two. I mean, great career, but like, oh, especially yeah. now, she's popping up in a whole lot of stuff. She was awesome as the matriarch in Little Women mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Toy Story 4. Yep. I thought some of the other ones were probably more inventive, but I was like, well, it's Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, cinematography, I missed that one. I picked Lighthouse because it was like an SD in black and white, mm-hmm. and it was actually 1917. Well. But it but it's sense. good that 1917 is a good movie. Yeah. It, um, it was the way it was shot, probably, too. It, it was. Uh, directing, like I said, that went to um, Parasite. Uh, that, now, what would you have picked? Uh, what about Best Actor? Would you have picked Joaquin, or would you want something oh, yeah. else? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, absolutely. Um, film editing, I guess this one, right? Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I was just thinking about all the car scenes. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to put that together. Make that make sense. They did a good job on that. That also, that in 1917 basically split all the technical awards. Sound editing, sound mixing. Now, I, as a, uh, you know, just under the kingdom of geekdom, uh, I picked, of course, uh, Star Wars for score. For score, yep. But it went to Joker. Yeah, it went to Joker. Yeah. So What's that, so funny about that is I don't remember any music in Joker. I just I was remember some so of the focused on the emotionality of it. I have no I, I, idea. I remember some of the odd choices for pop music during some of the scenes, but I don't. I, I just remember the tone of the score was very unnerving. So yeah, I guess it did, it its, did job. its job. Yeah, it disappeared and did its job. Yes, uh, original song was "I'm Gonna Love Me Again" by Elton John mm-hmm. uh, in Rocket Man. And the most. Happy about the animated short film Hair yeah. Love. Oh my gosh, you I, gotta go find Hair Love. I gotta so find good. it. I have not seen it. I saw Kit Bull, that's on the Disney Plus mm-hmm. app, and that was heart wrenching but cute. Um, yeah, no, it, I think uh, visual effects I picked Avengers Endgame just because I thought maybe it would get one. It didn't. That was also went to 1917. Um, now, adapted screenplay we got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, or The Two Popes. 
What would you pick? I would have said JoJo. I don't know who won. It did. Did it? Yeah. Ooh! So yeah, I, I picked Little Women only because I thought the the 2020 update, or 2019 update, was fantastic. That was, uh, yeah. So, uh, so we did okay on that. You probably would have done better on me because I think I just overthought it <laughs> really hard. But, uh, biggest surprise, I guess, was the fact that Parasite won. But it's also mm-hmm. not because it was a fantastic movie. Uh... Tiny bit of uh, movie news. Uh, Doctor Strange, a multiverse of madness. I don't know if we should worry or not, but within the last couple months, it's lost the writers and its director. Now, Sam Raimi is actually at the forefront to be the director. What do you think about that? It'd be awesome, right? It'd be great. Do you think if they do that, and it's called Multiverse of Madness, is that how... We get at least a nod somehow to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. If they brought Maybe. him over, that would be too too much for people to handle, probably. I'm wondering if they're going to tie that a little bit to the Loki stuff. But guess what? Uh, so this movie's supposed to come out in a year. March uh, 2021. No time. script. There's no script. Hold on. <laughs> no wonder they lost the director. They have anything to do with it. Well, no. They, I mean, the writers, too. Oh, the writers. Okay. And, and, and one of the writers made a statement today, like... Well, they are going, they're not going to do what we wanted because we don't have a script. We never turned in one single draft, so. Well, let me add it. I think, yeah, I, but I, I don't know if a year is uh, enough time to do the whole thing. Um, look, we're not going to be able to talk about lock and key like we want to. Both of you and I made it about <gasps> six episodes in, so we're going to so say, we're going to save that for next week. So, okay. So we'll have time to knock out that whole series, but mm-hmm. can you tell people that have Netflix that have never heard of Lock and Key, uh, anything about that comic. It was in uh, 2008 by yeah. Joe Hill. Yep, Joe do you, Hill. Do you remember its Stephen reception? Stephen King's son. When, yeah, Stephen King's son. Uh, he, he now has his own imprint on yep. DC Horror Imprint. Do you remember the reception when that came out? It's hard to believe it was 12 years ago. I, I, I don't, because it was just ahead of me opening this shop, uh-huh. so it was in, the, in that... Inter- intermediate period where I was raising babies. Yeah. But um, all I know is that when you meet people and talk about Lock and Key, almost all of them say it is their very favorite series of all time, which is surprising to me. It's just so all different. All the stuff that's out there. I was like, really? Okay. It's so different. It's on Netflix. Watch it, and we're going to talk about that next week. We'll have a, a long discussion mm-hmm. about that, because I think it deserves it. Um, it. They had to go like a medium route, where they had to do it like kind of Sort of family friendly, sure. but but this is one. Of, but this is one of those things that's been in production now for eight years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess we should just be glad it exists. Shops is that he it, it was filmed in his town and he has props from it. And just from eight years ago. And uh, we'll, we'll focus more on that and comics in general next week because sure. there's more lock and key comics coming out because of mm-hmm. of this. Um, real quick, um, man, people act fast in Hollywood, but. I mentioned this, I think, but Parasite is being developed as an HBO series, and, and they have announced as of today they're looking at Mark Ruffalo for the lead. Okay. So, very. Uh, but the good news is Bong Joon Ho has been in on this whole process. I mean, he like obviously wrote one screenplay, directed one director, one best picture. Him and Adam McKay, who's developed a ton of stuff, uh, they're doing that. So, uh, 
last little bit of news, but if you haven't seen Parasite, watch it, but then at some point you're going to watch it anyway on HBO, because uh, people love their HBO dramas, as do mm -hmm. I. about to go home and watch The uh, Outsider uh, and McMillions, which is the Monopoly scandal documentary they got going on right now. Oh. That is super. I don't have HBO, so I have to it's, uh, do that. It's crazy. You're going to be so mad all the times you played Monopoly and didn't know that you weren't going to win. Sure. Um, I, I know we broke all the rules. <laughs> yeah. We made up our own. Well, I'm talking about the McDonald's game. Specifically. Oh, that yeah. one? Oh, yeah. gosh, no. Um, French, free French fries is the most I ever got. Wait, uh, we got only through like three <laughs> topics, and we talked a long time, so mm -hmm. we did it. Uh, hey, thanks for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by Space Cadets Collection Collection and The Adventure Begins. Check out our other shows on Woodlands Online, like Taste Buds, Music Cafe, Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Weekly Fallout Sports Talk, and Between the Trees Business Talk. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT HD21, over the air on your television. All these shows and more on Roku now. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. For Miss Jen, I'm Mark. We'll see you next time. Nerd News Now.